Welcome to Refocus on You, the podcast that takes you through a spiritual journey of overcoming the battles and gaining the victories in your life by incorporating the eight fundamentals of health. Connect with us online at refocusonyou.com. That's refocus on the letter U.com. Or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash refocus on you. Now, sit back, rest, relax, refocus, renew, relive, and trust in God completely. Here is your host, Melinda P., and co-host, Dr. E. What's up, what's up? Konnichiwa, or for my folks on the West Coast, Ohio Gazimas. Yes, it's Happy <laughs> Wednesday. Oh, yes, it is so good to be hanging out with you all. Thanking God for another week. And yes, it's me, your host, Melinda P., and my lovely co host, Dr. E., which is alive and kicking over there. Dr. E., how you doing this morning? Oh, Melinda P., everything is going well. I hope our listening audience is having a fantastic day so far. And yes, we want to welcome you to another episode, part three of the Refocus on You podcast. Dr. E., it's been another Another thank you, Jesus week. And I just want to give a thank you shout out to the staff of Envision Radio. Really, really appreciate them. All what they're doing behind the scenes, the legwork, the marketing, putting the shows together and so much more. But making this online radio a true success. And I know a lot of new shows will be coming aboard, which is exciting. And so I'm just thankful to be a part of the Envision Radio family. So let's dig in. All right. Last week, we were talking about my teenage years and just to follow up, you know, I got that whooping of a lifetime and I went to court and the judge, thank you, Jesus, had a little mercy on me. And ordered me to pay the ticket and that they would give me my license and which they did. They gave me my license, which was another thank you, Jesus moment, because the judge was saying that they could, you know, withhold my license until I was 18, but they did not. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) There is mercy out there. Yes, yes. Especially for a teenager like me. (laughs) But it was... (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, after that incident, it seems like my mother got a little bit smarter. All right. She found other ways to discipline us. She stopped whooping us, of course, you know, because like I said, I was 15 and she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh -uh." So I she said, I got I got different ways now. I got new ways now. And so when my brother and I would act up and we get out of hand, Oh, my goodness. Dr. E, let me tell you what my mother would do. She would say, all right, we spending a day at the nursing home. And I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we didn't know none of them people right there in there. All right. None (laughs) of them. It's not like we went to go visit auntie or grandma or anything. No, we didn't know none of them folks up in there. And, And so, like I said, when my brother and I, when we would act up, 
she'd be like, oh, we, we about to go. We, we about to go to the nursing home. And so let me tell you, I would have took a whooping any day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, because a whooping just don't, don't, you know, the whooping stings last for a few minutes. But the nursing home was all day. You talk about torture for a teenager. Oh, my goodness. We would have to sit there. We would have to talk to them. We would have to, you know, just hang around, sing. Uh, Mom had us there all Saturday, all day Saturday. So tell me, Melinda P., what did you learn? Oh, I learned a whole lot, you know. I learned, first of all, like we was talking about last week, I definitely learned obedience. That's for sure. But I learned that it is it is better to listen and, and like I said, and obey and do the right thing. But you know what's really amazing is even in my age today, at 49 years of age, I still carry on that seed that my mother planted in me, and I find myself visiting the nursing homes, you know, sitting with the elderly, chatting with them, because one day I might find myself right there. And I would want some bubbly, free-spirited gal or guy to come chat with me. And it's something, you know, it's something how one thing you hated going to as a child, became something you love as an adult. And I really want to give a shout out to my buddy, Dr. Wendy Ray, because last year we spent Christmas hanging out at the nursing home, which was amazing. I I felt like I was 16 all over again. It really did. It, mm. it, it was an amazing experience. And so I want to give a shout out to all my senior and elderly that are in the nursing home today. And so it taught you service. It did. Exactly. Service before self. Exactly. Service before self. And I want to be a better servant, you know? I, I really do. I really do. Well, that's that's awesome, Melinda P. And also, idle hands and, and minds are the devil's playground. Mm. A shout out to Cora Lee <laughs> for putting your hands to work at an early age oh. so that you didn't have time to go out and play and get into some things that maybe you shouldn't have gotten into. Praise <laughs> God for wise mothers who can see down the road in our children and decide, let me do something that will alter their course for the good. And I know that we serve a God who is an awesome father, an awesome parent, who does the same thing with us. Sometimes we don't always agree with where he places us for service. That's right. But it's training us. It's creating patience in us. It's creating compassion in us. Mm. I had no idea that I had a temper until I got married. Mm, wow. I used to think I was a wonderful person <laughs> if I only had to see you for an hour. Right. <laughs> I had to live with you. Guess what? It has qualms. Exactly. Uh, I didn't know I was impatient until I had children. Mm, mercy. 
You understand marriage, children, serving a family, serving a spouse. Yes. Taught compassion, taught me what love really is. It taught me what patience was. It taught me what long suffering was. And anyone there that's got children or someone that they love and that they are giving of their time, you know for a fact that in any relationship, you, you have to show compassion. Exactly. Giving. You have, or else the relationship isn't going to work. Exactly. Praise God that you had a mother who decided, let me put this child of mine to work, toward good. And and that's a, a lot of what's in you and why you do refocus on you, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Because I never, I never saw myself doing this. I never saw myself doing refocus on you. And when I was a child, you know, having, you know, having my mother take me to the nursing home, all I could do was be like, oh, why am I doing this? Why, why, oh, mom, mom, you know, this is torture. But, you know, I was being set up for something greater later on. And this is a blessing. And this is why it's so easy for me to do things for others or serve others because of that seed that was in me at 16 years old. So you never know. You never know where you're going to be later on in life. That's right. And so praise God. Praise God. You got through the courts and kept your license. And... Moving on, aren't we? Where yes. We- so, so we're so we're moving on. We have now graduated from high school, and I wanted to go to an all girls traveling school. And this was, like I said, in 1989. Instead of going straight to college, I went to mom and dad, and I said, "Dad, please, 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 can I go to this traveling school in Miami?" And they said, "Okay, all right." And so, Doctor E, what what was you doing at 18? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that I I was a very focused, I was a very focused child. Mm. I was a very focused child because of my background and my upbringing. I was born into a home where there was addiction. And mm. so a lot of you out there can relate to this. If you're born into a house where there's an addiction, and I was my mother's only child, sometimes you become hyper-responsible. And that was the kind of child that I was, Melinda P. I Mm. was a responsible child. And I did know this. I did not want to live the life that addictions provide. Yes. That early on. So I'm saying at eight and nine, I decided I better choose a profession that takes me as far away from the wine head house as I can. (laughs) Because back then, they didn't have crack head houses. They had wine head houses. (laughs) Is there anybody out there that knows what I'm talking about? Mercy. I spent a lot of time time at the wine head. Mercy, mercy. And so I knew I didn't like the smells and I didn't want to be bothered with the people. But praise God, I'm a grown woman and I have compassion. But as a child, all I can tell you is I didn't want to be bothered with that. So I went straight to and through college, straight to and through medical school, 
straight to and through a residency and into practice. Amen. That was God preparing me. We don't know why we have the beginnings that we do, but those beginnings prepare us for where we are today. And I can honestly say to you, Melinda P., that those beginnings gave me a very compassionate heart, but at the same time, a focused vision on what I wanted for my life and what I wanted for my spiritual life as well. I knew that I wanted God and that he would be the only one that could get me to where I wanted to go. So I'm thankful that we serve a God who says, listen, when your mother and father cannot do what it is that they should do, I, I will take you up and I will raise you. And I serve a God who did just that for me. Yes. Amen. Amen. And what a mighty God we serve. And that's a blessing too, because I, I was like a chicken who had let loose. So it's, it's, it's great, Dr. E, to hear where you have come from, you know, and what you are doing now. Because like I said, again, everybody, or shall I say, everybody has that story. And I grew up in a you know, wonderful home, didn't have addiction, didn't have anything like that. But yes, you, but yet you did. But the things, you know, or or shall I say where you have come from is just amazing. You know, it's amazing. I wish I was focused back then. I I was too busy. I was hotheaded. I wanted to do this and do that. But it's important to be focused, or shall I say, in life. It really is important. All right. So anyway, so we're moving on, like I said, and I had, you know, graduated from this school and I came back and I am, I in fact, I get a job with Holiday Inn Corporation, which was awesome. I had my car, I was traveling, I had a little money, life was just great. And then, you know, mama comes to me talking about, okay, you're going to have to be start paying some rent. You're going to pay $50. And I'm like, $50? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you need to pay some rent. And I, oh my goodness. Oh, Dr. E, I run to my father. I thought $50 was just going to put me in the poorhouse. I said, dad, I said, mom's trying to make me pay $50 a month. I'm going to be $50. I know. I was just young and dumb. Pay $50. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, I was making in, in 1989 at eight. It, let me see here, 1989, at 18 years of age, and this was around November time, I was making about $8 an hour, and here I was complaining about $50. And so- My, my, my. I know, it's sad. And so I took my little complaint, and I decided, I said, hmm, I'm going to get my own place. And so I moved to Michigan. And in fact, I moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it's funny how that $50 turned into $450. So I complained, exactly, I complained about paying $50 a month rent and ended up getting this apartment paying $450. You know, that ain't nothing but young and dumb. (laughs) Yes, and, and, and just so people know who her mother is, And I know who she is because I I stayed with you all for a (laughs) month and I was doing an internship in Chicago. This woman has a mother who gets up in the morning, feeds her breakfast, 
fixes her a lunch. <laughs> that she took off her back, washes them, irons them, folds them, and puts them at the end of her bed. And I know that because that's what she did for me. So I know for $50 a month, I know, Melinda P, what you were getting. <laughs> you moved, you're paying $450 a month, and you're ironing your own clothes. I know. But you know, isn't that just how we are sometimes. Exactly. Us And he's giving us something. But we think, I don't want that. That's not fair. And so we get out there and learn, oh my goodness, mm. 10 times more than what mm-hmm. I, I stayed with God. Yes. My grandmother used to say something and it has always stuck with me. She said, the devil, when you hang with the devil, He always makes you stay longer than you want to (laughs) stay. And he makes you pay more than you want to (laughs) pay. Stay with God, people. Stay with God. And so we were earlier, Dr. E, you know, as we were reminiscing, going back to the good times and stuff like that, it came to a time where my perfect world had come to an end. And what I mean by that is my mother and father, I think that was around about 1990 or 91, they were separating. And when I, like I said, I had moved to Michigan and then I find out, like I said, they were separating and I was devastated, devastated because everything was so perfect. You know, my world just seemed so perfect. And I thought I had it all when I really didn't. And divorce is really hard on kids, no matter what age. My brother and I took it really hard. I was mad at my father. I was mad at my mother. I was even mad at God. And I said, why, Lord? Why? Why my family? Why? I couldn't understand. My parents never argued around us. They seemed happy. But, you know, sometimes you don't understand until you have walked a mile in those shoes. And so a few years later, after they had divorced, my my father remarried and I had gained a second mother and a younger sister. And with that younger sister, also a beautiful busy bee niece that I have, Ebonia, who keeps me going. <laughs> Let's give a shout out to Ebonia. Exactly. Let's give a shout out to my niece, Ebonia. I love you. Auntie loves you. But, you know, it was not easy in the beginning. It really wasn't. It was a struggle. In fact, I could not accept having a stepmother. And so for years, I was distant. I didn't want to speak to my father. I had a hard time accepting it. But I thank God for intervening in my life. I really do, because it was only God who changed my outlook and showed me that my stepmother was not the enemy. And I just want to tell Valerie Magic, you have been a strong instrument in my life. In fact, and you have always been patient and loving toward my brother and I. And it's, it's just not easy raising stepchildren, especially when they don't accept you. And so Valerie, aka mom, I raise my glass to you for holding it down and being a God-fearing woman 
And I thank you and I appreciate you so much. And I'm glad I got it together because I really am blessed to have two mothers who love me. And so my dad and second mom will be celebrating their 25th anniversary in November. And trust me, during those 25 years, we as a blended family, we have gone through some things. But as Andre Crouch would say, through it all. Through it all. I, yes, I have learned to trust in Jesus. And That's yes, right. yes, we have learned to trust in God. And so I'm proud of my sister, Denisha, because she has a powerful story as well that she will tell one day and how God favored her. And I just want to thank my husband for still hanging around when he asked me to marry him. I tried to warn him, Dr. E. I tried to tell him. I told him I was a piece of work. <laughs> we all tried to warn him. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I am thankful for the nine years that we've been together. I must say he knows. He knows now. But but thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and being my biggest fan. Okay, so I ain't got all mushy, 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 mushy. So anyway, let's 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 talk about the real thing, you know, because which is my military days. Because, like I said again, I was going through so much pain from the divorce, and I call myself wanting to escape, right? Yes. And woo, mm, 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 mm. I tell you, basic training ain't no joke for a sister. You know, mm. yes. yes, I tell yes. you, I had my T.I. chastising me. Magic, magic, get over here. Magic, <laughs> give me 10. Magic, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. And, and, and I seem to remember that's what your parents used oh, to. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And let me tell you, and let me remind you, I was 25 years old going in, you know, so I, I was to be a dope. No, no, no. You don't, you don't need to be talking to me like like this now. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will never forget when he yelled at me, Madrid, I'm your mama and your daddy. <laughs> no, he didn't. Ooh, guys, I ran from one problem to another bigger problem. But like I said again, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He brought me through. Six weeks later, I had graduated from basic training and I had became an official Air Force soldier. Ooh, I remember the letter that my father, in fact, I, the letter that I wrote to my father and mother apologizing for all the wrongdoing and things that I had said and that I had, you know, maybe have gotten out of line and I had asked for forgiveness. Because let me tell you, I thought Roy and Cora Lee was disciplining me. I, I thought that discipline was strict, but trust me, yes. man, basic training, young people, if you are listening, if you think your parents are hard on you or or disciplining you the wrong way, mm, get a hold of Uncle Sam <laughs> or let Uncle yes. Sam get a hold of you, shall yes. I say. Get a hold of Uncle yes, Sam. Yes, yes. You will never be the same, okay? But I tell you this, I had the best time, the best life in the military. I really enjoyed myself. I was stationed over in Japan for two years. And my Japanese girlfriend, a shout out to her, Yuko, really appreciated. She, you know, she taught me how to, how, the language, how to get around. And so when I would go out on the weekend, I would say, Simasen, Rapangi wa doka desu ka? Ah, watashi wa Christina. Hi. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the kind of language I was speaking over there. You know, it was great. Dad, my, my father and second mother, they had a chance to come and visit me. And and what was even a more blessing was my mother flew over to Japan and stayed with me for 30 days while I was over there. And so that was just awesome. She was hanging out with Brandy and Nettie, my, my, my girlfriends who are like sisters to me. And so after there, after those two years, I went on to Portugal and I uh, went over to the Azores Islands. I was stationed over there. I just, it, it was just a wonderful experience. I can't complain. And I know there are some who, you know, didn't have that same experience in the military. It was rough or they got kicked out or had some kind of issues. And I understand. I do understand. But just as for me, it was great. It pulled that spoiled rich girl syndrome out of me, you know, to let me know who I really am, which is a child of God. And so I thank you. And so, Dr. E, we're going to wrap it up. What, what, What do you have to say for the audience today? Obedience is better than sacrifice. And by that, I mean, a lot of times, We want to do all these things to justify that we're a child of God. But really, all God wants us to do is listen and do what he says. And so I can see along your journey, he's bringing you closer and closer in line with obedience. And that is because as we go further and discuss your chronic illness, you're going to hear how Christine had to pull back on, reach back into that training of obedience to do the things that were difficult, but she needed to do them in order to even be here and sharing her story with you today. So we serve an awesome God who can look from the beginning to the end and say, I've got to prepare this child for these things. So we just serve an awesome God. And I'm so thankful that I can call him my God. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, time flies when you're reminiscing. Yep, we're out of time. Well, you know what that means. You're just going to have to tune in next week. Same day same time. Folks, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at www.refocusonyou.com where I'll keep you updated on more things to come. And thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Join us again next week as we continue the life of Melinda P. And as she continues to travel abroad. But for right now, as we say in Japanese, sayonara. You've been listening to Refocus on You with Melinda P. and Dr. E. Connect with us online at refocusonyou.com. That's refocus on the letter U.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash refocus on you. Refocus on You is a nonprofit 501c3 organization that helps people who have been given a life threatening medical diagnosis to have life saving resources. The organization's goal is to improve the overall health and quality of life for individuals. Your generous contribution will go to make sure that the vision of Refocus on You will continue helping all of those who are in need of help navigating through devastating health diagnoses. Be sure and sign up for our free newsletter where you'll be the first to receive up-to-date information on how Refocus on You can help you live a more healthy, positive lifestyle despite the roadblocks that you may encounter in your life's journey.